Welcome to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I founded an eco-conscious pottery company called Oxford Clay. Now I don't just make pottery, I make resources such as books and courses for other potters who want to be more eco-conscious in their pottery practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about me sharing everything I've learned with you and I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hello, so before we get on with the episode, I wanted to tell you about two completely free guides that I've made just for you about pottery. And the first guide is called How to Make a Pottery Glaze. So if you've ever been curious about how to make your own pottery glaze, this guide will show you exactly how to make your own glaze from start to finish. It tells you all the ingredients you need. It tells you step by step how to make the glaze, how to stay safe when glaze making. Um, and it's got a stoneware glaze recipe in there. Um, and if you've been curious about how to fire pottery, um, I have also made a guide on electric kiln firing. So. Um, this guide will tell you all the different terms that's used in like kiln firing um, and what they mean and it also takes you through the exact firing schedule that I use to do my bisque firing and also stoneware glaze firing. So it's got all the temperatures in there, all the timings in there um, and both of, these both of these guides are available from the Oxford Clay website at www.oxfordclay.co.uk forward slash resources for potters. Okay, let's get on with the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and in today's episode, um, I'm going to be talking to you about some things which are not made for the pottery industry, so like equipment and stuff that are kind of from other industries, but that I have been using in my work that are amazing and so helpful. And I wanted to share them with you, um, you know, in case you found them helpful too, because quite often, you know, the pottery like industry will, well, it's a bit smaller, first of all, than other industries, isn't it? But the handmade pot pottery industry is smaller than, say, you know, the DIY industry. Um, but quite often we're doing, you know, similar processes. So if we can utilise, you know, equipment that is made, you know, for the DIY or, you know, construction industry, you know, we can use those in our work or say like the catering industry or something, we can use those in our work. And quite often, you know, we need the same like function performing basically than, uh, than, than professionals in those other industries. And, you know, why not use, um, use equipment from, from those other industries, you know, instead of like specialist, specialist pottery equipment might not actually exist, you know, for the, for the use we need. So yeah, so um, like throughout my time as a potter, I found these particular pieces of equipment so helpful, like so useful. And I just really wanted to share them with you in case, you know, you had the same sort of experience basically. Um, and there's actually so many of them, I've realized. I started writing them down and I realized there were so many things that I use which are not really necessarily like for pottery per se, but I use them, you know, every day, um, that I've had to actually split this into two episodes because I was like, I don't, 
just be like listing all these things out and I thought like let's split it into two episodes so it's not just like one giant gargantuan like list of, of equipment. Um, okay so let's get started. So we'll do the first um, we'll do the first one to eight in this episode and then we'll do the next uh, lot in another episode. Um, the next next times episode. Okay so let's get started. Um, okay so this is kind of in no particular order. Um, and uh, let's start with one of the most absolutely useful basic things that potters, you know, will always need until the end of time, and that's um, a sponge. Um, and this sponge um, that I'm holding up, if, you, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm actually holding up a cellulose decorator sponge because cellulose decorator sponges are so good. They're made for, you know, people wallpapering, you know, um, uh, wiping sort of sugar soap on the wall you know before they paint and stuff and they're very big which is just what you need in pottery sometimes you know for wiping down like tables floors you know wiping equipment um, and they're also made of cellulose which is great because cellulose is biodegradable it's made of wood fibers um, so yeah decorator sponges really brilliant uh, just what you yeah they're quite soft as well so it's just what you need in a sponge for pottery um, I definitely recommend them this um, this one I'm holding up is still very big but it's actually been cut in half so decorators cellulose sponges are actually giant um, so they're really good they're really good value as well you can chop them up into smaller bits um, and I just got that from the hardware shop basically um, okay, let's move on to the next item. The next item is a microfiber cloth. Um, so you can just get these from like the supermarket in like the cleaning department and stuff. And I've just found microfiber cloths so good. They're like, they're very good at cleaning. Um, they, um, you know, they dry very quickly. And again, I use them like, you know, on a daily basis for like cleaning tools, equipment, like my hands, like wiping the floor, wiping tables. Um, you know, it's really important to keep your pottery area clean so you don't get like clay dust and stuff. So yeah, microfiber cloths, they're very durable. They're very cheap. They're really good at cleaning and I would definitely recommend them for pottery. Um, okay, right. Okay. So the next piece of equipment is actually kind of in the same kind of DIY kind of, uh, line and it's, um, it's a plasterer's bucket. So when I was, um, so I do quite a lot of slip casting, um, which means that I need to make up like quite, um, large amounts of like liquid clay and liquid clay is really, really heavy. And so I need very strong equipment to be able to like hold, um, you know, large quantities of slip that I'm making up it needs to be like held in a very strong container because I'm going to be like mixing it with like sometimes with like, you know, electrical equipment, which we'll move on to in a minute. Um, and so, you know, you need a very strong bucket basically to do that in. And so, you know, I was thinking to myself, well, where could I find a really, really strong bucket? Um, you know, that's affordable. And then I suddenly realized that, um, you know, making large quantities of, you know, very heavy substance is something um, that uh, like plasterers would use, uh, plasterers need to do on a daily basis. And so I thought, oh, maybe they have a special sort of plasterer's bucket and they actually do have a special plasterer's bucket. So from the DIY shop, it was about eight pounds and it is like 
it's a very big bucket it's very tall um it's very very strong and it's made of kind of like a sort of clear white plastic but that was actually like a much much cheaper option than if i'd got a sort of specialist like slip bucket but it's actually extremely strong and really affordable um yeah so that was from the diy shop again so yeah plasterers mixing bucket i would really recommend um okay so in yeah in a similar vein um I've got, um, I've actually, uh, so like, as some, like, I've gone through different iterations of like trying to make up slip. And at first, I've used, you know, various different things. I've tried to like kind of hand stir it. I've tried to kind of like, um, you know, use kind of catering blenders and stuff to make it. And none of those things have been as effective. It's a very difficult thing to make because, you know, it needs a lot of stirring and you need a very, you know, sort of heavy duty piece of like industrial equipment to be able to like, you know, mix your slip for you, or you need a lot of time on your hands to hand mix it. And, you know, why hand mix slip when you can potentially, you know, get a, like a machine to mix it for you. So um, what I looked into was, so you can actually get special slip um, uh, mixers. I think they're called a Bollinger, Blunger, I think. Um, uh, I've never been quite sure how to pronounce that word actually, but it, I, I've seen them in the like pottery suppliers and they can be really, really expensive. So um, they're very, you know, they're very specialist piece of equipment because you can just set them up and you can set them to run and they'll just mix it for you. And they're kind of like free, you know, sort of freestanding. You can set them maybe like over a bucket or something. Um, so, you know, if you're making slip like loads and loads and loads, you might want to, you know, have that, you know, or if you work in a kind of, you know, studio pottery that's like got lots of people using it, community based one or something, that might be something that, you know, the pottery wants to invest in. But I just thought, I don't think I can, uh, you know, make the financial commitment to get that specialist piece of pottery equipment. So what I did instead was I looked again into the DIY like construction industry and they use um you know routinely a thing called a paddle mixer and it's essentially like a massive you know stick blender <laughs> um that you plug in so it's very um they can be like really really uh they're built for like very mixing very you know a lot and very strong sort of very viscous substances you know like plaster on a daily basis so they're very very um hard wearing so and they're also quite cheap, um, you know, compared to like the specialist kind of pottery version. So, yeah, so I got one. Um, so my one is like a paddle mixer that's kind of like, you know, for, built for kind of people working in construction, mi mixing up plaster, mixing up mortar. And, um, you know, I've been using it to mix up my slip and it is so good. So basically I just hold on to it and um you know in the slip bucket i'm just like i just like mix it up um you know in this in the slip bucket um and just like um there's a button that you can kind of like switch it on to so it it kind of just uh stays on and you can just like and like you know you're mi you're mixing it up you know mixing all the ingredients together and um, it works really really well if anything it works a bit too well it's a little bit too kind of like uh, like well mixing for the kind of the the use I need so I have to kind of sometimes like slow it down a little bit it's like a bit it's a bit um I think it's just you know it's made for the construction industry basically so um yeah I'd really recommend that I'd recommend a paddle mixer if you're going to be mixing up any kind of clay or slip or anything um yeah and they're very easy to clean as well you can kind of what I do is I just dip it in a bucket of water and then switch it on and then it kind of cleans itself because it's like whisking the water and it whisks all the clay off of it and then I kind of just sponge, sponge it down a little bit after that as well um 
okay, great. So we've done we've done those, and then um, so uh, ooh, okay. So again, this is kind of on the slip casting note, um, and um, like what I actually do is I make my own plaster molds. I make one part plaster molds for slip casting. And I do things like I, um, and it, it, I love slip casting because it enables you to kind of basically make um, a very similar looking piece over and over again, you know, and you can put loads of creativity into the kind of like the decoration of it and the glazing of it and stuff. But um, to make the mold in the first place, I've been using quite a lot of like non-pottery equipment. <laughs> so the first thing to say is that I, when I cast, um, you, so you basically, to make a mold, you need to cast a shape. And what I what I've been doing is um, I've been looking for shapes kind of in the kind of catering industry or sometimes in charity shops or, you know, I've been looking for things that I can cast into a plaster mold to kind of like make um, like you're essentially making um, the impression of the outside shape of something. So if you imagine like a bowl, you're making the kind of outside shape of the bowl, you know, into the plaster mold, you're casting a kind of depression of the outside profile of something. Um, so I think I've said this on a previous episode, but once you start uh, slip casting, um, once you start like making molds that, you know, you, you want to, <laughs> once you start making plaster molds, you can't stop looking at things in the same way. You know, you, you basically thinking like, uh, oh, is that like, could I, could I cast that? Uh, you know, like every, when you go to like the supermarket and stuff, you're like, oh, that would make a really good plaster mold or, oh, I love the profile of that bowl and stuff. And it's like really hard just to like, look at, um, like bowls and, and dishes normally. <laughs> But um, what I've been doing is using metal dishes to cast with. And um, my absolute top favourites are enamel pie dishes. So you can get enamel pie dishes in like so many different sizes. Um, so yeah, they, they're like, they're so good because, because not only do they come in like loads and loads of different sizes, so they kind of like can cater for like, you know, whatever you want to make, basically, if you know, whatever, whatever mold you want to make, there's probably an enamel dish that, um, <laughs> that fits the profile. But they're also, um, they're also non-porous, which is really important for when you're um, making a mold in plaster, because the plaster can stick um, to the thing you're casting, if it's porous at all, unless you use um, loads of like um, this thing called mold make maker's size, which um, make makes the uh, the thing you're casting kind of like non-stick to the plaster. But um, but if you're casting something that's um, non-porous, that's shiny, um, then you can generally speaking separate it from the plaster mold um, after you've cast it. So um, yeah, like the really good thing as well about like metal dishes, casting metal dishes, is they've got an ever so slight bit of give in them. So it what, what quite often happens is when you cast, um, when you've made a plaster mold and you're trying to separate the dish from the plaster block at the end, a very, very uh, difficult to separate kind of situation happens because there's a very strong airlock between the dish and the plaster. So if you can kind of, what I sometimes do is just like knock it with a rolling pin and then it kind of like breaks that airlock. Um, and so if you kind of, if you have, you know, metal dishes are great like that because they won't like shatter or anything. They just kind of, they can take a bit of, a bit of being bashed with a rolling pin and then they just like come out in the mold and it's and it's great it's all good so yeah so those like enamel dishes i would really recommend if you wanted to try making a, a plaster mold to do you know slip casting or to do um you can use them for a press mold as well if you want to you know experiment with making your own plaster mold i would really recommend 
metal dishes the cast the very yeah they're kind of like the the, the most the thing i found the easiest to make a mold with um oh yeah okay so on that note as well actually the next thing is um cooking oil so i actually when i'm making a, a plaster mold i actually put cooking oil just a teeny weeny bit and i actually use sesame oil because it's such a light oil just get a piece of kitchen roll and I just rub it over and I just put that on the outside of the dish before I pour the plaster over it and that again just really helps to separate the the whatever you're casting the dish from the plaster mold at the end so yeah that's my absolute top tip like you don't really you know you don't necessarily need to use that specialist kind of mold maker size that some potters use um well, you, you, you would probably need to use mold maker size if you were casting something very porous because then you paint diff like lots and lots of layers of mold maker size like on your porous thing. But if you are not casting something porous, if you're casting something like nice and smooth and non-porous, then, you know, you can just use a little bit of oil, a little bit of cooking oil. You could even use, you know, vegetable oil or something. Or you just you brush a little tiny bit of, of sesame oil on. Um, and it really does help the plaster like to come off to separate from the thing you're casting um right okay so right on that note on the same note of kind of slip casting and stuff i wanted to tell you about um paper clay okay so i actually use um so you might have heard me talk about paper clay before and um paper clay is like this absolutely magical substance um, and essentially all it all it involves is adding paper fibers so cellu cellulose fibers um, in some capacity so it could be like newspaper it could be like paper um, it could even be like you know uh, tissue um, uh, you know any kind of recycled paper or something um, you know some people even use kind of like you can even use like like flaxseed, um, flax, um, <laughs> flax plant fibers, not the seed, the plant. Um, you know, uh, you can buy commercial clay as well with these fibers in as well. Um, so what I use is I actually use um, kitchen roll that's made of bamboo. So um, I take sheets of kitchen roll, which is obviously intended for kitchen roll. <laughs> and I make uh, I make it into I, I basically blend it into a kind of mush into a pulp back into a pulp with some water then I take the water out and then I add it to my casting slip and it makes the slip really really strong and it is so good and it stops cracking and it um, enables you to it stops kind of you know accidental breakages at the greenware stage because the the greenware is so strong I wouldn't say it 100% stops breakages obviously <laughs> obviously if you dropped your pot and stuff but you know when you accidentally knock a pot and it breaks you know it kind of it, it makes pots so strong that it's like it's harder to like accidentally break them basically um so yeah so adding paper to clay to you know you can add it as well to clay that you're actually just making stuff with you know if you're hand building something you can um, knead in some paper pulp and it will make your clay very very strong which is so good if you want if you know if you're hand building something that needs a lot of strength paper clay is so good so yeah i would really recommend um, bamboo kitchen roll it is so good um yeah it's a, another thing actually that paper clay does is it makes um makes greenware so strong that it can actually be glazed before it's bisque fired which is like a whole nother story but it's called raw glazing and um 
yeah, it's this amazing thing where basically you can just put a glaze straight on a greenware pot before it's been fired at all. And it will, um, you can fire it straight up to stoneware temperatures. Um, and it will, you know, it will be able to take that, take that glaze. It won't disintegrate under the kind of being re-wetted by the glaze because it's so strong because of those paper fibres. So yeah, paper clay is such an exciting kind of area of pottery. There's so much you can do with it. Um, there's a really good book actually on paper clay by Rosette Galt. And that's where, you know, I learned um, lots about paper clay from that book, which I got out of the library. And it was, it was really, really good. Um, it tells you all the kind of different ratios as well. You know, if you want to make, you know, if you want to, do sculpting or if you want to do throwing you know it tells you the kind of optimum ratios of paper to clay that you need um yeah so that's my top tip kitchen roll bamboo kitchen roll it's uh it's so good and um okay so the next thing as well is that when i actually when i um you when i actually use my kitchen roll i rip it up into little bits and i add you know some water to it in a kind of jug of water and then I blend it with a stick blender. So um, you can get stick blenders. They're actually a piece of catering equipment and you can get them. Um, they're quite like cheap. You can just get them from like the supermarket or anywhere that sells like, you know, electrical goods, catering, electrical goods, for cooking. Um, and um, they are so good for blending paper. They're also really, really good for blending glazes. If you want to really thoroughly mix a pottery glaze, um yeah electric stick blenders are so so good um yeah they just kind of like mix a glaze in like you know about 15 seconds whereas like if your hand you know stirring it with a spoon and stuff it can take uh you know age it's like 10 minutes or something sometimes you know if you've got lots of um sometimes those glazes that separate at the bottom when they've got like you know a lot at the bottom um, yeah, so yeah, they could they could take ages to stir up. So electric stick blenders are so good. Yeah, so like I said, I use it for glazes and I use it for blending my paper pole before I add it to my slip, um, my casting slip. Oh yeah, okay. So we better stop there. It's like a, a lot to tell you about in terms of like um, you know all the different things that you can get from you know catering suppliers and garden centres and DIY shops and um, yeah, so much stuff you can use in pottery. You know that you that might just be you know just normal everyday items, but they work really really well when you're hand making pottery. Um, yeah, so. Um, uh, I'll run through the next eight things um, that I use in pottery that are from, you know, that not not actually made for pottery um, on the next episode. And um, I've loved talking to you about the first eight and I hope it's been helpful for you and stuff. And um, yeah, I really can't wait to see you on the next episode. And until then, wishing you very happy potting and I can't wait to see you then. Bye bye. Thank you so much for joining me for the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Oxford Clay or eco-conscious pottery, there's so much for you on the Oxford Clay website. There's books, e-courses, there's a blog on there, um, loads of other podcast episodes, and I can't wait to share it with you. The web address is oxfordclay.co.uk. I'll see you over there.